I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Self-Helpful Podcast is brought to you by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping life and leadership coaches. Visit Ziggler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. Hi, everyone. I'm Kevin Miller, and welcome to Self-Helpful, where I hunt for the most relevant self-help information and the most effective guides and I bring them on the show to see what drives them and extract the big idea that you can take action on in this episode. What drives Heather Monahan? Heather's my resident expert in this series on confidence, and her story is one of a long journey to understand and embrace confidence. In this episode, I walk with Heather through the seven key areas of life to see what does drive her, and we dig further into her journey to confidence. Heather is a two times best-selling author. She was a top 50 keynote speaker in the world in 2020, 2022. Uh, her podcast, Creating Confidence, is in the top 200 overall in Apple Podcasts. Heather successfully climbed the corporate ladder for nearly 20 years and is one of the few women to break the glass ceiling and claim her spot in the C-suite. Her new book, again, is Overcome Your Villains, Mastering Your Beliefs, actions, and knowledge to conquer any adversity. Uh, Heather's also just really down to earth, and we resonated a lot. We laughed a lot in this show, and I'm confident anyone listening will get a boost to their confidence. Heather, kicking off our first talk together, talking about confidence, one of the first things that you spoke to was having faith in something greater than self. And that's the first category that we hit on this, what drives you segment uh, is spiritual. What drives you spiritually and how does that look like in your day-to-day -day life? Oh my gosh. Well, it's a interesting story. I grew up Catholic and, um, you know, just church was part of my day-to-day -day life. And, you know, I didn't really think much about it until I ended up getting divorced. And when I got divorced, I was really like kind of not into the church because I'm thinking, you know, something didn't work out here. And then, you know, you're somewhat condemned for getting divorced and all like, it was just like a, a moment in time in my life where I was definitely separate from the church. Cut to my, I had my son 16 years ago and this boy has been changing my life since day one. And so he's always been in a Presbyterian school or you know, all, all of his schools that he's gone to his whole entire life have had some religion teaching, right? So it's been again, brought back into my life. Um, religion has been brought back into my life in a big way. However, during the pandemic, my son's dog drowned and it was a horrible moment in time for my son, no sports, isolated alone and his best, you know, guy died. And so he came to me one day and he said, mom, we need to strengthen our relationship with God. I'm not doing well. 
And when he raised his hand and said that to me, I jumped on the phone and called every pastor that I know and said, what church should I be going to in Miami? And I need a community and I need to get closer to God. And everyone said to me, you got to go to VU Church. And um, my son and I started going to VU and fell in love with the church. And for the first time in my life, it's really not so much about religion anymore for me. It's about a relationship with God and my relationship with God. However, I will say, Vu's incredible. I'm there every week. I'm When I'm out of town on a Sunday, I can't stand it because I, I watch them online. Like I, I'm obsessed with my church. It's incredible. And the community's incredible. And it's so inclusive and so positive. And we actually had a guest pastor that came in last week from Los Vegas of all places. He was incredible. Uh, pastor Chavez, I believe his name was. And he was preaching about the power of faith and, and sharing a story um, from the Bible about Moses and how he had no food and water and, and, and walked into the city. And this woman came to him and she was about to die, her and her son, because they had no food. And he looked at her and he said, take the last oil and, and you know, mill and, and make that bread and make it for me. And whatever's left over, you can have it. Basically, she knew that he was there because of God. And she decided to put her faith before her hunger, before her child. And that changed her life. She made bread that never stopped. You know, she just had more bread and more bread and more food. And there was food forever for her and her, her child. And it was such a great story. And I am sure I just botched um, the Bible terribly, but the bottom line around this concept of faith is about moving forward, even though it might seem so scary and like so opposite of what you think you should be doing, but believing in, um, in, in God over everything and, and putting your faith first, not what you see ahead of you. Okay. So I'm going to ask you about it in relation to this topic of confidence that we've been talking about, because I related that to faith and you, you did it as well. Play with, I think we have a cultural struggle in this with confidence of it being about self. I have confidence in me. I, 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 I am willing, you know, I can do this. I am all powerful. I am, I am whatever. And for me, that's, Honestly, that's, that's scary. I mean, if it's all on me, I'm scared to death. And, and having faith, there is a higher power increases my faith and actually gives me confidence, not only myself, but in life. But I feel like we see a polarization in that. Like it's all, it's all self. I am kind of the, I am God as opposed to, and then we see it on the other side too. It's all about God and I'm crap. Well, I, I don't think either of them is working well. So play with that with me. Yeah, no, listen, I've found my confidence within myself for years and it was much harder and much scarier. And now the foundation of my confidence is in God and Jesus and knowing that there's something so much greater and so much bigger behind me and everything to know that to your point is like a relief, right? That I don't have to do everything. Actually, there's something so much larger than me and all of us at work here that all I have to do is ask for the signs, pray, you know, read, show up for these right communities to, to get that next message and realize that will steer me in the right way. Doesn't mean I don't need to take action. Doesn't mean I don't need to keep learning. Doesn't mean I don't need to invest in myself and get better. No, you still do all of those things, but you know that foundationally you, you have a rock that you've built your home on and yeah. nothing can knock that over. Okay. Now you're talking about church, but you're not, but, and, you know, mentioning the community within that. I, I want to bring that into, again, back to confidence that as we're in a culture where I feel like our confidence is continually lagging, which is why we need your books and your shows. And we're talking about it here, that that's another piece of it. As we are, we know that we are more isolated than ever. I just did a show. It was, it was actually focused on guys, but it was in the stat there. It was like in 1985 or something like that. The average guy said they had like five or six friends. Today, it's one that we are more and more isolated. I'm sure that's got to relate to all of us. This, this happened to be on guys, but the, to women as well. That again, speaking the confidence that if it's, as we just talked about, if it's all on me, man, I am God, it's all that. That's, I think, a confidence deteriorator that also, as you're talking about being in community and having people around you, as talk to that as a support for confidence, as opposed to being on your own, isolated, not in community, not in relationship. 
Yeah. So, so interesting. Community goes beyond just your church community. I, as I mentioned, I love VU. I love the community at VU like, and I'm team VU all day. However, what I've opened my mind to is the more I step into this world, and again, and I'm not saying it's about religion necessarily, but it's about your belief and your relationship with God. And the more that you feel confident, you you can own that and shine a light on that. Where before, my past was around, don't talk about religion, don't talk about politics and business ever. And I follow that to a T. Never would I bring that up. I'm a very different person today in that I understand that's how a lot of people do business, but maybe those aren't the people that I need to be doing business with. Maybe there's another type of people out there. Didn't know if there was or wasn't, just knew about my community in my church. However, the more I would put that out there and maybe drop a seed here or there in a conversation, the more people started showing up for me. Um, a good friend of mine, Jordan Montgomery, incredible person, incredible relationship with God, started inviting me to events with other business people who have a great relationship with, with God and, and want to bring God into the conversation conversation and and actually landed me at this incredible private event with John Maxwell and and John you know who's a pastor and a leader and and merges business and 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 faith together for me I went to this two-day event in Orlando with this small group and it was transformative for me in that I had never seen so many business leaders sit and pray together and and embrace one another and share stories of faith and and failure and business and, and watch it all come together so beautifully. And it really changed my perspective around what is possible and bringing faith into business, which has been an incredible experience for me. And, and I believe that's steering me and guiding me to my true north and where I'm meant to be. Okay, I'm going to take the opportunity just again on a business note to highlight something of what you just talked about. And it was bringing in, like you said, sometimes we shy away in business from, oh, don't bring up politics. Don't bring up, you know, X, Y, Z. It's almost like, don't just keep it business. And yet, uh, so we just did a show recently. It hasn't published yet with uh, our mutual friend, uh, Hala uh, Taha, and talked about branding and whatnot. And you're showcasing something that I am just such a fan of is bringing the other interest into business. Just yesterday, I was invited to an invite only. It's called the Suffer Fest. It's a huge mountain adventure with like 35 CEOs of companies who are also, also athletes. So we're going to do 40 miles at 11,000 feet in 12 hours. And it's this slog, but it's going to be that. And then the next day is deep talks, you know, with these guys. It happened because of my athletic aspect because of that part of my life. And that's showcased on everything that it's part of my brand. It's not, you know, it's not sailboating. It's just, that's not my thing. But if it was, I should promote that. The opportunities that you get at it, just, just like you're talking about with faith is so significant. So just as a branding piece, I love that you brought that out, that it's your sharing of faith, which is, is part of mine as well is, you know, faith and deep talks and whatever, that's a part of this as well. But how that is such an opportunity opener as opposed to thinking, no, just keep it all business, which you know, people get stuck in. Yeah. I mean, and again, it's not for everybody. It wasn't for me when I was, you know, when my relationship wasn't as close with God, it wasn't for me when I was doubting myself more in business. It, it, it It's something that you need. It's a conversation you have with yourself. Like, am I ready to start, you know, bringing this up on my podcast? Am I ready to start writing about this? That was a whole new thing for me. And I knew anytime you do something new, innovative and different, People, some people are going to be champions for you and some people are going to come for you and they're going to tell you why it's awful and why you shouldn't do that. And, and it's just something to know, okay, I'm going to check with the one voice and opinion that matters, my own. If this is really who I am and I'm being true to myself and this isn't meant to harm anyone else, I don't think it's bad to show up as that most real version of me. And if I'm not showing up as that most real version, I'm going to attract the wrong opportunities, the wrong people, the wrong partners towards me. And I'm over that phase of my life. I want to show up as that full version of me. So I'm sitting amongst those right people. Okay. Well, I love that. That's again, we could go off on, on business and do a show here on that. Just the aspect of attracting and repelling people mm -hmm. as well. And I feel like these days, if you're not getting some notes of repelling some folks, you're probably not doing enough to attract others as well. Relationships is the next, next category, Heather. So tell me when you look at your relationships overall and your relational pursuits, what's driving you? 
relationships in regards to business, friendships, romantic, like, like what? Across, I mean, you know, everybody brings up their, you know, those who are, are the most closest and intimate and family and whatnot too. But yeah, also friendships and mainly the more intimate ones, but the people that you want to nurture and continue relationship with and those you don't want to as well. How have you mm-hmm. given parameters on what drives you and what, what do you value? Well, I'll tell you, I grew up in Worcester, Massachusetts, which is not the most beautiful place in the world, right? But I grew up with the most incredible friends, and it's such a blessing. However, it's a major time commitment. Here's one thing that I'll share. I have, there's a group of probably 20 of us that have been, you know, like family, best friends since I was 15 years old, right? So this is over 30 years of friendship. And a lot of people will say to me when they find out through my, you know, when I'm sharing my stories on social media, I I include, this is one of my besties from home when we were 15, we fought over the same guy. People are like, wait a minute, you're 48 now? You guys have been hanging together this long? You're so lucky. No, the one thing I will, well, I am blessed and lucky to have this incredible group of humans in my life because it is such a great feeling to have people that know all the trials and tribulations through your life and can remind you of like who you are and what you can get through. It's such a great, incredible thing. However, what people don't see are the countless flights and sacrifices and phone calls and, you know, flying in for the death of their father or when their child was hospitalized or the divorce, you know, and, and these other people doing the same for me. There's so much sacrifice that goes into true lifelong types of friendships like this. And listen, some people don't make it right. Like there's some people that are like, I'm too selfish for a friendship like that. And then you end up saying, okay, then I can't be, this can't be a one-sided friendship and I get it. And, you know, wishing you the best. And some of those people you walk away from, but to have that core group that I grew up with still in my life today, still my ride or die day. We still vacation together. Our kids are friends. It's just, it's such an incredible blessing. You know, friends are the family that you choose, the ones that you pick and the ones that you decide, you know, that we see eye to eye on, on certain things and, and want to make this commitment and loyalty, loyalty to one another. And it's just, it's been incredible for me. Well, I thank you for sharing that. It is, I'll tell you, Heather, it's been an amazing run, even lately with guests here on the show asking this question, who have talked about long-term friends, long-time friends. I mean, that is just, I mean, that's, I don't know if you've seen the stats. It's, it's horrific with that. Most people have like a friend maybe, and even there that they don't go deep with. And I appreciate you saying that it is a sacrifice and it's an investment because I'm not the socialite. I'm an introvert. I'm the guy that says no. I really am. I or I tended to be. I have to proactively, because of the value, say yes. And I do have these groups that are so vital. And yet, as I talked about, I'm getting ready to go. I just got invited to this one. I'm going to go with my close buddy to a bunch of guys that I don't know. It's going to be 35, 40 CEOs, but we know we have shared values and there's some qualifications to get into the group. And I'm looking forward to it. And it's interesting. Uh, ben Rector, a, mus- a musician, has a song, You Can't Make Old Friends which on one hand, I agree with. I mean, there's, you can't replace, you know, the, the kids who knew your parents' backyard. Uh, you can't replace that. However, I also have realized as I do get into union with people, especially who I know are of shared values and interests, that it's almost like you can find that rare person and you met an old friend right there in the moment. And that's, I, I say that with hope for people because if you find yourself not there, it can happen pretty quick. Oh my gosh, but you have to be willing to do like what you're saying right now or what I did. Like I got on that flight. I had never met Jordan Montgomery in real life before. We'd only met on a computer. I jumped on a flight and went to Orlando by myself to go meet primarily it was men. There were a few women there at the John Maxwell event, just knowing these were business leaders that were family focused and faith based. And I knew nothing else. And is it scary walking into those situations? Of course it is. I like you, you walk into these situations where you don't know how it's going to go, but you have to open yourself up to that possibility that, you know what, maybe it's going to go great. Maybe there's gonna be a great experience or, or a networking opportunity, or maybe I'm going to make a friend. I don't know, but I'm open to it all. And you know, those are the opportunities that you create for yourself so that you can make a friend later in life. And, and 
I ha have had incredible friends that I've made, you know, just over the past couple of years, Jordan's a great example of, of one that I, you know, I literally didn't know before the pandemic. And now I think of like family when he's going through a, a challenge, you know, we get on the phone with his wife and, and pray for his kids. And, you know, you, you find like-minded people and it doesn't just have to happen when you're 10 or 15. It can happen in your forties. You just have to be open to it and putting yourself out there. Thank you for yeah pulling out the risk and the effort. Yeah, it's funny. This I got this call yesterday and it's kind of coming together. And he's like, "Dude, you got to buy a ticket to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, right now because there's two left for that day. So, go and and I got five kids at home, and you know, so it's getting on the phone with my wife and the kids and going, "Is there any conflict?" and and go. But yeah, the payoff has been proven to me over and over. Speaking of payoff, health and wellness is the next category. So to ask you, Heather, what drives your health and wellness desires and pursuits? You know, most of today you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside and we're going to think about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to a hundred times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and Air Doctor is just the best. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% .99 of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so it, your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Friends, I'm pretty candid about my lack of financial prowess. Money and numbers are fairly Greek to me, so I need a lot of guidance. One of my closest friends is a wildly successful wealth manager, and I'm working on some financial literacy and just continually seeking guidance. So I ask you to check out yahoofinance.com. Nobody knows it all on Yahoo Finance is a, an incredible resource for the rookies like me or the seasoned investors. You know, before my dad passed away recently, Dave Ramsey and his wife, Sharon, flew down to visit. We all got to spend a day together. And I was at yahoofinance.com just now. I saw multiple news flashes from Dave and other people that you respect. And they're hitting so many of the hottest areas in finance today. So it's a place to get a snapshot of all aspects of your financial interests. And if you have them, your portfolios. I hadn't realized Yahoo Finance is the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. So for your comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. One more time. YahooFinance.com. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top-tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin.
I'm so lucky because I was the social one growing up. We talked about this in, in your other episode. You know, I was labeled as a child because of that label. Labels can benefit you and they can harm you. Right. And, and I'm a big fan of dropping the labels and just living your life with all of your potential and going after whatever. But for me as a child, it, it paid dividends. I was the social one, so I should play sports. So from day one, I started playing sports and group sports for me taught me leadership, taught me teamwork. I mean, it taught me discipline and really got me to lean into a healthy lifestyle where activity, athletics, and sports, working out, running, lifting weights became a part of my life that was, it's a non-negotiable. I can't other than when I was on bed rest, when I was pregnant with my son, I don't ever remember a time in my life where I didn't work out every single day. And I understand for some people that's crazy. I love it. It's just a part of who I am. It's a, it brings me joy. Like even if it just this morning, I went for a run in Miami, it's 900 degrees out. Yeah, it was a little, it was a little difficult. But when I have those moments, I say, I talk to myself when I'm doing it and I'm like, Oh my, look at you girl running in 90 something degree heat. Like imagine how easy it's going to be Heather in December when you're doing this, like all of these, like when I'm, when I am active and doing some type of sports competing just against myself or, you know, or, or whatever, I feel so proud of who I am. And I know I'm doing something good for me, which just gives me such a high and, and starts my day on, on such a, the right foot. Well, you brought it right to where I was hoping and confidence. Um, I, know that that's a part of myself. There was a time period. So I was a pro cyclist. I was a pro athlete and we had my first kid. Um, he was, had some medical problems and life stopped. And so for two years I did nothing. And finally my wife conspired with the local bike shop to get me a bike and not just get me a bike, but like to get me training again. She said, please just go train. You're just a better person. Yeah. And what I realized then is I just feel better about me. My own self-worth goes up. So my health and wellness is a part of my confidence. And I really see that with people. And we see that so often somebody, especially who's sedentary, out of shape, and they get in shape. And it's not that they just got in shape. They got a new lease on life, uh, the confidence. And you see that so often. I think we don't realize that it's not just about how we look and, and not even, it, it is about how we feel, but it's just about what we, well, maybe kind of back to what you said, being proud, feeling proud of yourself. You said that, look at you, that you're saying that as the Heather, look at you out there doing something that you don't have to do. Nobody's holding a gun to your head. There's no consequence, or at least immediately, if you don't do that, but you're out doing it. And what does that do for the rest of your day, the rest of your life? And as a, a pillar of your confidence, I feel like it's gigantic health and wellness. Oh yeah. No, listen, when we feel good, life is better, right? Like it is something so small as not getting it. Like I stayed up too late last night watching something on Netflix. And so when you're tired, you're like, Oh shoot. Okay. I have to have an extra coffee, which I know isn't great for me. Right. Like I got to go for an extra long run this morning. I got to push myself a little harder. So even just like not sleeping enough can really start you on the wrong foot. So knowing that if I drink enough water, if I'm eating healthy, if I'm getting enough sleep and sleep, and of course my workouts are there, I'm just setting myself up for basic success that makes my life so much easier. And listen, it does not always go perfectly. And that is fine too. I get into these travel routines where I'm, you know, out for speaking and, and I'm jumping on planes and my sleep's off and, you know, my routine's off. And yeah, it's frustrating, but I give myself grace. And I know that when I get back home, I'll get right back on board with it again. And, and I'm, I'm very disciplined about that. And it, it definitely pays dividends. Well, give us a snapshot of your daily general, you know, health and wellness routine. I mean, I, for me, waking up and first thing working out is really, really important for me. I pray as soon as I wake up and then I'm hitting the streets, running, I'm going to spin, I'm going to the gym, whatever it is that I'm going to do that day based upon times and classes and heat and rain and, you know, whatever is happening um, in the world. But that's pretty much a non-negotiable if I'm at home then when I get home, it's like taking care of my, like get him, get him out of bed. Cause then he's going to want to go in the summer. He wants to go hit. He does three workouts a day for basketball. He's heading to the NBA. Um, that's his goal. He's 16. So, you know, it's, it's an incredible goal, but so he's really, really disciplined about his eating and his workouts. And so it's getting him situated and then getting into, you know, my business day and, and whatever that plan is for the rest of the day. How about on the nutritional side, any type of structure that you adhere to? You know, I, um, I'm not like a big food person. I know people hate to hear that, but I, a lot of people, um, live to eat. I eat to live. 
Like I'm like, when you and I took a break, I'm like, oh shoot, I haven't really eaten anything today. I've had a coffee. I need to go in the other room and eat some crackers and cheese and celery. Like that's what I, so I don't really, I don't obsess over food. I, um, my son obsesses over food because he counts his protein counts and his, like, he's very different for me. As long as I'm not a fat bastard, I'm happy. Cause I know if I'm working out, then I I'm good, right? Like as long as I have enough fuel, like to, I just, I, I don't sit around and th- I have a dinner tonight. I'm not thinking like, I wonder what I'm going to have for dinner tonight. Like I'll always, I'm just kind of a basic person, like, you know, salad, vegetables, chicken, fish, whatever, like, you know, whatever looks like it's healthiest. However, the older I get, the more I learn. I was just, I'm holding a, a, a big event um, this weekend for a lot of people. And they sent me the menus from the restaurant and they had the calorie intake on everything. And Kevin, it was so eye opening. I'm clueless apparently around nutrition because I think I eat so healthy because I eat fish and this and that. The fish dish had more calories. It was like 1900 calories for a piece of like salmon or something. Obviously it was because whatever, you know, they were cooking yeah, it or whatever. Yeah, it was something so crazy. I would have been better off eating the steak and lobster, which of course I would, if that was my choice, that's what I would get. But I thought I was being healthy, you know. So to me, sometimes nutrition can be a bit confusing, especially when you're dining out. But um, I don't like how my son is so disciplined where everything's counted out. I, that's not me. That's not my vibe. Like if I'm going to be disciplined about something, it's got to be like recording my podcast, like or practicing for my speeches. Like that's where I put my my attention into, not into what I'm eating. You mentioned sleep. So I want to ask you there. I mean, I, I think we've all continued to learn how important that is. What do you do? What, what are your goals for sleep? And what do you do to guard that and get good quality? Oh my gosh, I don't have goals. Like I, I, I want to obviously, the problem for me is this. This is such an interesting thing living in Miami. I live in a home that is so much glass. And this is going to sound crazy. In the summer in Miami, it, it becomes light very early and the humidity starts impacting your home. So for me, like I'm sensitive to temperature. So as my home starts getting a little bit warmer, it wakes me up. So I'm up at the crack of dawn every single day. It just is what it is, right? Like, so I know that. So it, it just becomes this game of if I have an event or, you know, I've got a late flight home, I know that I'm just going to get a little bit less sleep. My child can sleep till noon the next day if he goes to bed late. Like they're so blessed and, and so lucky. But, you know, that's not my vibe right now. So I just know that, listen, there's going to be times when I have events and when I have dinners that I'm going to get less sleep than I wish that I would. And, Again, I give myself grace for it and I might grab an extra coffee the next day or go for an extra long run, but it will like balance itself out because maybe I'll go get acupuncture the next day or try to, you know, I'll meditate or do something that might help me like recenter to get through that day when I'm not feeling fully charged until I can get, you know, a good night's sleep again. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Next one is mind, mental health. Uh, I like to even look at it as mental state. What is the, tell me about that. What's, what's driving you? What is the value that you're trying to achieve for yourself mentally every day? You know, well, a couple things. One, when you overcome your villains, fire negative people from your life, your mental state gets better. Like that's just something that I learned. And again, and I talk about this a lot in my book, it doesn't mean those other people are bad people. It doesn't mean they're good for you. Right. So that's one of the things that I've come to have peace with in my life is that I've had to get rid of people in my life. I'm not saying they're evil. I'm not saying they're not for anybody else. They're not for me. And and really deciding to put myself first and create boundaries. That's helped my mental health massively. The other thing that I've learned along the way is like when I was in that old job um, as a chief revenue officer in media and I complained all the time about the people I worked with, that's not good for your mental health, especially over long periods of time. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I should have made a change a long time before. However, I used to say, I have golden handcuffs. That's too scary, whatever. Now I've learned to put my mental health first is to say, if I'm in a situation that I'm not happy with and it's causing me prolonged negativity, it's not going to be good for me in the end. I got to leave that situation or create boundaries or ask for change or whatever it may be, like taking ownership of that. And then, you know, I have been in therapy my whole entire life and I'm still a huge fan of therapy. It was funny. I had a, I hadn't seen my therapist in a couple of weeks. I had been traveling and I got in to see her and she walks out and she said, you can't believe this. I'm double booked. I haven't seen you in weeks and I'm double. She started crying. And I was like, Oh my gosh. I gave her a hug. I said, my therapist comes to me. I'm going to give you therapy. It's okay. Don't be this dramatic. Everything's going to be fine. We're all fine. I'm really not that crazy. And it was just funny because I left and got in the car. I was fine. And, and I thought, wow, at a different point in time in my life, I would have been desperate for that appointment or like maybe you needed so badly that one appointment to, you know, get you through that next day. And I feel grateful that 
having been in therapy now for 20 something years, you know, on and off, I'm able to, to say, okay, well, until the next time I see you, I know the things that I need to do, do to take care of myself and um, we're going to be fine. Well, speak a little bit more to the villains. I mean, obviously that's the title of your book and you talk in there. It's easy, not easy, but we can really associate that with other people, people who are you know, toxic and whatnot to us. Not good for us. As you said, may not be bad people, not good for us, but there's other villains as well. Obviously our own, as you talk about our own self-talk and our own, whatever, looking at that main villain. So when you talk about mental health, I know that's a focus of yours is to, and speak, go ahead and speak to that now, is to look at what is the, is that fair to say, what is the main, your, your mental state is mainly going to be altered by that, those primary villains in your life. And how do we tune into that? You know, the most important thing is taking ownership of it, right? So when I was using a lot of negative self-talk, however it got to be there, right? Like maybe I was letting a lot of negative people into my life speak down to me. And if that goes on with frequency for a time period, you will begin taking that on. Like you have to have ownership for that and say, okay, I'm allowing this to happen. I'm creating the situation. How am I going to go ahead and like pull these weeds out of my garden and, and create, you know, a different scenario for me? One of the things that helped me in a huge way, and I understand this is not for everybody. I went to hypnosis and it was so powerful and life-changing for anyone that's had traumatic situations in their life. And I don't know who hasn't, if you've lived through a pandemic, you had a tra traumatic situation, right? So if there's anything that you struggle with or has kind of been a pivotal moment that you're like, Ooh, I don't want to even think about that. I went to a hypnotist to address that. It was incredible. Some of the techniques and things that they, that I learned through, through these sessions, mm. being able to separate yourself from it and instead look back on your younger you and view it almost as if you're watching a TV and give yourself that space and distance from it. Wow. I felt different. Like I saw things differently instead of, I was seeing myself immersed in these traumatic situations, even though they'd happened 20, 40 years ago or whatever it was, I was still seeing myself as a victim in them. And when I was able to give myself space, I guess is the best way to say, yeah. I no longer felt like a victim and I could handle my current life situations differently. Oh, and that's what I was thinking of. You mentioned a couple of times, taking ownership and that for those who are listening for your mental health, when you feel that victim aspect, that's such a red flag. Talk about eating away uh, at things. And you did mention boundaries. I will ask you just uh, how that's, how that has panned out in your life. We just did our second show. We had a, we did a show a couple of years ago with Nedra Glover Tawab on boundaries. We just did one with Terry Cole and it just continues to come up. It's definitely, it's a huge area for me. It's one of my biggest areas of struggles uh, to, which is why I keep coming back to it. So you mentioned it, maybe key in on a couple of the boundaries that are highlights for you. Yeah, I'll give you a low light, um, which okay. is, I'll never forget this one. It sticks out so clearly to me. I had just given birth. It was 10 days after I gave birth. I was an EVP of sales for a media company. I had been there for a decade. The CEO at the time called me 10 days after I gave birth, I had a C-section and he said, Hey, I need you to jump on a plane and go give a keynote for me. I, I can't make it. It's for my alma mater. It's really important. And I said, okay. And I jumped on a plane 10 days after giving birth with, um, my breast pump and cause I was breastfeeding and I was literally pumping on a plane. I looked disgusting. I was, a dis I was bleeding. Like it was a sh disaster I and mean, left my infinite home with a nanny. It was a disaster. And when I see video of me giving that speech, I am heartbroken for me that I chose to do this yeah. cut to, you know, fear was behind it. I didn't have boundaries back then. I didn't, I thought, what if somebody takes my place or I can't do it. If right. that, if I could be that person now, here's what I would say. I'd say, I'm sorry, I'm confused. Did you not understand that I just gave birth 10 days ago? I'm going to hang up and shoot you a couple of pictures of my child and then I'll call you back. And then I would have called him back and said, listen, I think we both know I'm not best fit to, to take this trip. What do you think about Bruce or Brian? Like, which one do you think would be the, would the right person in this circumstance? And I wouldn't have missed a beat about it. Like it wouldn't have even been a conversation but a lot of that is, again, knowing your self-worth, making decisions out of what's right and best for you instead of out of fear. Okay. Another example I'll give you is when I was getting divorced 
my mother didn't want me to get divorced. She just didn't like the idea of it. She thought it was terrible. Stay married no matter what, you know, even though you know what's right for you. I had the conversation with her very directly. I said, every time I talk to you that this topic comes up, I end up feeling badly about myself. I end up second guessing myself and it's not helpful for me. So what I'm asking you to do is not bring this topic up anymore because we don't see eye to eye and I need this grace right now for myself. I know what I need. So I'm asking you for that. She wasn't able to do it. The next time we got on a call, she brought it up again. And I said, unfortunately, we talked about this. I'm going to go ahead and, and hang up the phone now. And so it was actually taking that action. A lot of people will they'll ask for what they want, but then when someone crosses that boundary, they don't, there's no type of accountability to it. So it's making sure not only do you ask for you want, put the boundary in place, but then you hold that other person accountable. And it's not about being mean. The person that's going to get mad you created a boundary is probably not treating you correctly. And that's why you had to create it in the first place. Thank you. And I'm, I assume the rest of the story is not that your mom never talked to you again. Uh, no. Oh my gosh. No, no. We just, you know, we, we basically, it's kind of like we put a pin in that conversation until I felt stronger. It was months later. And then I was like, I'm at peace with this. I'm good. And then I could have that conversation with her because I didn't feel intimidated or that I was, you know, being backed against a wall. I felt differently. And then it was fine to have that conversation. I'm going to ask before we leave this category of mental uh, wellness, mental state, I mean, your build, I mean, your show is creating confidence. I mean, you are a confident person and yet you also do a great job of being human as well. And so when we look at this area of a mental state, mental health, mental wellness, where are you most at risk, Heather, and have to just keep your eyes open, stay aware, maybe take some affirmative action for yourself so that you don't fall to a bad place? Hmm. I mean... I have so many safety nets now. Like I know myself so well and I've been in this discipline game of creating confidence and I teach it every day, right? Like we teach what we need in our own life. I'm constantly talking about it. So I'm constantly evaluating myself, but it goes back to what you and I talked about earlier, which is confidence isn't static. I know that there's some, if I'm not stepping into the unknown, if I'm not stepping into fear, if I'm not doubting myself once in a while, I'm not growing. So I learned to celebrate it. I learned to see fear as a green light that means go. I learned to see all these things as positives to embrace. So I guess for me, the scary thing would be is to wake up and not feel like I'm pushing my boundaries to not feel like I'm growing and then to challenge myself to, you know, go for something bigger. Fair. Thank you. All right. Next one. Work, uh, your career, your business. What is it today that is most driving you? Oh my gosh, the ability to impact people. And, you know, and when we talked about this earlier, like to hear the reviews and get the feedback that, you know, you change someone's life with your book or your podcast episode or your speech or, or whatever it may be. It is, um, it's such a beautiful thing to be living your life's mission and purpose. And that drives me every single day. What about a value then? Because you're like most people that are on the show. I mean, you've got, you know, new things happening, new books, you've got new, well, you've got opportunities coming out of the woodwork. So there's got to be some, not necessarily boundaries as we were just talking about, maybe that, but some confines to say, no, look, this is what I value. So tell me that so that you know, then what you're not going to do as well, what you're going to say yes to, what you're going to say no to. So what is the value container for your work that helps you stay where you want to be? trusting myself. Like I have a very strong intuition and I was just on, um, a, a call with Dean Graziosi and he and I, like, I, there's certain people that when you start talking about business opportunities or whatever, and you're like, you know what, this is someone who actually has my best interest in mind. This is someone who's actually looking out for me. I was with Tim story last night, same thing. Like he's always looking out for me. To me, it's more about the people that I'm getting involved with in business versus a quote unquote opportunity or a stage or, or a project. I want to make sure that what lands with me is I feel really great about working with these people. Because if I feel like that, I don't care what it is. We do. We're going to be doing great things together. We're, we're like minded. We're going to be helping people. And it, it, that's what's most important. And for a long time for me in business, I wasn't even looking at the people that were surrounding me. I was just saying like, oh, this is my job and this is what I need to do. And, you know, taking a step back from that and saying, how do I feel about these people that I'm choosing to partner with? Are, do they have my back? Are they like-minded? And if they are, the rest will take care of itself. I, I thank you. It reminds me, yeah, just the context. We so often look at the opportunities, you know, somebody with the consummate job, I got a job offer and it's going to pay this much and I get these benefits and I'm going to have this title. 
And then we look at 90 days down the road, it's the who am I working with? What's the environment? What are the meetings like? What is the hierarchy like? And whatever that the it, that all the rest of it doesn't matter now, but we don't go there. So the context of people for you, that's great. Money, finances, wealth, uh, even possessions. When you look at that aspect of your life, what's driving you? I mean, I'd be lying if I said I don't love money. I do because I love nice things, right? Like I, I'm a woman and I love nice clothes and I love going on nice trips and I love my condos, beautiful. And right, like I love living a life of freedom and, and money provides freedom and choices and opportunities. And I love that my best friend called me last minute and said, hey, we're heading to Sea Island. Can you and Dylan jump on a plane and join us? And I had a few days where I could and I have the wherewithal to, to make that happen. To me, that money's about that. Like it's giving you those choices and that opportunity to have fun, enjoy and be with people you love whenever you want. And, and that's incredible. So money is really important in my life and, and really always has been because I didn't have any when I was a kid. Now, what I'll say about that, which I, I think is kind of funny because I've not had it. I also know that I can always like, there's never this big idea of, oh my gosh, what if I have a tough year or this or that? I know what it's like to be poor. It sucks. You don't have choices. You feel like your back's against the wall, but I also know how to get out of it. Right. And, and so there is an empowering feeling there that, um, yeah, I love money. I know how to work hard. I know that I'm really good in business and I can always look at different ways to, to make that happen and accelerate revenues. Okay. This is actually, I forgot that I pulled this out of the book. You talked about growing up poor and in some, and, and that you learn to be driven like no one else. And you said, in some ways, this has been a blessing because I learned to be driven like no other, but in other ways, it's been a holdback for much of my life. I was driven to chase a paycheck more than anything. All I knew was I didn't want to be poor and I didn't want to struggle. So do you see when we talk about money, do you see that? Yeah, your drive was, I mean, you, you wanted money back then. You still appreciate that. But the health of the drive has made a shift. I don't know. I'm super driven. I work harder than most people I've ever met in my life. And it, it, it is a holdback. As I mentioned, you know, I, I sacrificed so much in my early 20s and just gave up everything for my career. All my other friends were getting married, having families. And I was like, I wouldn't take a vacation. The example I just gave you that one of my best friends called and said, hey, can you jump on a plane and come do this? I would have never done that when I was younger because I would have been so focused on it. What is that going to cost me? And like, what, what, what could I miss? I could miss a business opportunity. I could... So I think differently. I prioritize things differently. Um, money is important because it gives me that freedom. It gives me opportunity. And that's not... I just used to chase the money to chase it before, not to give me the freedom. Not Like, I, I almost was like imprisoning myself in it before where now I'm celebrating it, I guess is the best way I can describe it. That's great. That's again, I talked about that in our first show. It's always been a hard area. I've always had a scarcity mentality with money and, and kind of it's, it's bad, you know, even from a religious standpoint, it's mammon. It's, you know, it's the root of all you. And I've worked to get out of that, but I still, it's, it, we talk about the plane trip. I, it, we had similar experiences. Yeah. I just yesterday I got this, this call and it's, you know, grab a flight to Jackson, the flight's 600 bucks or whatever. And I have to remind myself, but you, you can do that, dude. It's, it's not, you're, you're okay. But it's, it's amazing how it's hard to get past the mindset. So great to hear your story. The last one here, Heather, is just personal interest. And you can put it under self-care. I, I really like to look at the things that are in and of themselves somewhat non-productive. These are things that you do just to inspire Heather, just to call it fun, play, hobby, whatever it may be, but the things that you do that in and of itself, it's, it's, it's not producing something, but it helps you be who you are, which produces everything. Hmm. That's interesting. I, you know, spending time with my friends, like doing fun things with them is always something that just brings me happiness and joy. But I'll tell you that I'm on a lot of planes. I'm in the car a lot. Audio books have become in reading. And when I was younger, oh my gosh, I never read. But it's so funny now because of my show, because of my podcast, I had to start reading a lot of books. I started realizing, wow, this brings me joy. I'm learning so much, you know, especially when I'm reading the, the messaging that I want to submerse myself in to my books point knowledge. Like I'm really tactical about the knowledge I surround myself with, whether I'm on a plane, in a car, traveling somewhere, I really immerse myself in a lot of different audiobooks, which 
help me be a better version of myself, remind me of the messaging that I need to hear to encourage me, you know, outside of my books from other authors that um, I appreciate. Joe Dispenza is a great one. Like I, I love his material. I love his books. And it's something that I'm a work in progress. Like we all are. How can I get better? How can I get to that next level? How can I get grasp that understanding and mastery that he has? And, and by immersing myself in, in his work, it definitely helps me. Well, in this one, I am going to pull out, you mentioned a little bit ago, we were talking about sleep and you said that, yeah, I stayed up a little later last night watching something on Netflix. What's in the entertainment category for you? Oh my gosh, my son and I are obsessed with this um, series called Suits on Netflix right now. It is so good. Are you obsessed with it? I'm watching it right now. Yeah. Uh, literally, I, last night I stayed up. Mo half of my my wife's at a convention. Some of my kids are out of town, so I stayed up and watched it. I have not watched a show. I can't remember last time. I don't know how I got onto this thing, and now I'm on. I'm probably at the end of episode two, and I just love the characters. I just I have nothing to do with lawyers. I don't know that, but I I love the yeah. That's so. Wait till you get deeper in it. I mean, we're obsessed. And so, I know how you got, you went down the rabbit hole. It's trending on Netflix. It's like number five top show on Netflix. So Netflix is smart. The algorithm serves it to you and says, Hey, I think you're going to like this. When you click on it, it's, it's all over. Yeah. It's, it's it kind of old though. I mean, it's, it's not a new it's show. It's so old, but we, yeah. Meghan Markle. This is how Meghan Markle made a name for herself before she became the princess. Yeah. It's crazy. That's so funny. Okay. So is that a primary, any other entertainment outlets for you or is that, uh, does that kind of cover it? I'm not like the biggest, you know, um, I used to like to go to the movies, but then when the pandemic happened, no one does that anymore. Apparently. And my son's like, we're never going to a movie again and we can get it on our house. You know, and now I don't ever watch movies anymore. So no, wow. not, not really. I'd rather like be in real life doing things with real people than sitting on a couch by myself watching something. Agreed. Agreed. That's funny about the movies. Yeah. At this point, we've got a monster TV. You can get anything you want. Why would you go there? Because in the middle of it, I can't go get what I want to eat or go to the bathroom. So I'm out. Yeah. Fair enough. Heather, thank you. It's just been a joy to spend the time with you and to hear this on the, what drives you and the values. It's a great behind the scenes. Thanks for your candor, your humility, and your confidence that exudes out and uh, is inspiring. It's been a gift to be with you. Thanks so much for having me. Well, everyone right now can pull up Heather's top ranked podcast and subscribe. It's called Creating Confidence. And I encourage you to check out her new book, Overcome Your Villains, Mastering Your Beliefs, Actions, and Knowledge to Conquer Any Adversity. If you got value from this show, please leave us a rating in Spotify and in Apple Podcasts. A rating and a review would be great. It helps people find us and know what we're about and share the value you got with someone you care about.